everybody, this is Hans Hess. Thanks for joining me for my podcast. Today I just wanted to look at the subject of counterculture. Actually, I had this idea uh, after reading David Platt's book, Counterculture. So I'm really indebted to him and his great work. He, he did a fantastic job of um, talking about how Christians engage the modern culture, that we don't sit back that we don't uh, just, just let everything slide, but that we actually engage culture, that we have a voice in culture, and that we uh, are intellectual and know how to respond to culture. So I want to start off today just by looking at uh, four ways that David says we can respond to culture. Number one, we could just conform to it. This is when we compromise what we believe and the way we act just to satisfy those around us. Uh, we, we hope unbelievers will be attracted to Jesus through kind of a less offensive form of Christianity. Uh, number two, he says we could just check out. We could check out of culture. That is, we could just uh, huddle up in a holy huddle and remove ourselves from society and just wait till Jesus comes back. Third thing is we could combat it. We could just be constantly complaining and throwing off on the culture around us being judgmental and harsh. Or we could, as he suggests, we could counter culture. That is, we engage the culture around us with conviction and compassion. We stand firmly on the truth of God's word. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit, and we extend the love of Jesus to a lost and dying world. So our desire isn't to conquer the culture necessarily around us or to cower from it, but to get involved, to engage, and to counter it. And I think the, the real launching point for this whole uh, idea to me is found in Genesis in the creation story. Genesis 1.1, the Bible says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And then in John chapter 1, John wrote uh, his beautiful prologue, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. So creation, this is our starting point. If we don't have an understanding of creation, then we really have a skewed view of culture, and we can't uh, properly look at it. We're looking like through the wrong lenses as we look at culture around us. But if we understand that God created everything, then, then it, it just injects, it injects life with meaning. It injects life with purpose. It gives us hope for the future. If God created us, then each one of us has a destiny. Each one of us has a hope. Each one of us has a future. You know, the famous atheist Richard Dawkins wrote this. He said, in a universe of blind physical forces and genetic replication, some people are going to be hurt. Other people are going to get lucky, and you won't find any rhyme or reason in it, nor any justice. The universe we observe has precisely the properties we should expect if there is, at the bottom, no design, no purpose, no evil, and no other good. Nothing but blind, pitiless indifference. DNA neither knows nor cares. DNA just is, and we dance to its music. So if we take that kind of view of life then it's, it's really a depressing and hopeless look at life, that, that we're just dancing to the tune of our DNA. There's no greater value to life than that. But as Christians, we, we are theists, and we believe differently than that. We believe God has created everything. 
And just for the time we have left, I wanted to look at a passage in Acts chapter 17 where Paul comes to the city of Athens, that great city in ancient Greece that was the seedbed of so much wonderful philosophy and discussion. Well, Paul wanders upon the city in his uh, missionary journeys. And the Bible says in Acts 17, verse 16, Now while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was provoked within him when he saw that the city was given over to idols. I think this is where we should be in today's culture. Our spirit should be provoked within us when we see stuff in society that doesn't line up with the Christian worldview. It doesn't line up with the hope and the love and the message of the gospel. He says, therefore, he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and with the Gentile worshipers and in the marketplace daily with those who happened to be there. This was Paul's routine, man. He went into a town. He first went to the synagogue where the Jews worshiped. And in the synagogues, he opened up the scriptures, being the Hebrew scriptures, and would preach Jesus from those. Then he ministered to Gentile worshipers. These would have been God-fearers in the synagogue. But he didn't stop there. The Bible says he went out into the marketplace. In the Greek, that term is the agora. It was like the modern equivalent of a modern shopping mall or something. He went out where the people would set up their their places of business and sell and trade and exchange. He went into those places and began reasoning and preaching the gospel. And in Athens, he encountered the Epicureans, and the Stoics, who were different classes or groups of philosophers. And they said, what does this babbler want to say? Others said, he seems to be a proclaimer of foreign gods because he preached to them Jesus and the resurrection. And they took him and brought him to the Areopagus, saying, may we know what this new doctrine is of which you speak, for you are bringing some strange things to our ears. Therefore, we want to know what these things mean. For all the Athenians and foreigners who were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. So then Paul is taken to this great Areopagus. This was the hill of Ares. It was an open forum for philosophical debate. And he goes to, to the Areopagus and he stands up in verse 22 and he says, Men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you're very religious for I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship. I even found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing him I proclaim to you. And so Paul connected with their culture. He understood what their tradition was. He understood the the background and history to this unknown God inscription. And then the Bible says in verse 24, he begins preaching to them and he starts with creation. He says, God who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands. So Paul connected with their culture, then he intellectually engaged them on the subject of creation. It says, nor is he worshiped with men's hands as though he needed anything, since he gives to all life, breath, and all things. He is made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and their boundaries of dwelling. And then he goes on and he says in verse 28, For in him we live and move and have our being, as also some of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. So here again, Paul connects with the writers of the day. He had some knowledge of the Greek culture, but yet he preached 
creation, and then he lowers the boom, and he talks about judgment coming to them. Verse 31 says, He has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man who he has ordained. He has given assurance to, of this to all by raising him from the dead. And when they heard of the resurrection, some mocked, while others said, We will hear you again on this matter. So Paul engaged them with their own culture. He understood some of it. And then he, he talks about creation from an educated standpoint. And then he works his way down to the uh, incarnation of Christ and then even the resurrection of Christ. So based on this, let's step back and think, how can we engage the culture we're living in? How can we understand it? Um, how can we build bridges to the culture of the day? Is it through music? Is it through art? Is it through movies? Is it through literature, through education, through science? There's many different ways we can engage it. And my message is we shouldn't cower. We shouldn't be afraid to be fully engaged. We shouldn't be afraid to talk to people of other faiths, of other religious backgrounds or atheists. This is why God has placed us in the world. We are salt and we are light. We are the difference makers in this world. It, God is waiting on you. He's waiting on you to take up the mantle like Paul did. Step into the open marketplace, whether that's your school, whether that's Walmart, whether that's your place of business, whatever. Step into the open marketplace. Have a heart full of compassion, a heart of love, and a passion to see people one to Jesus. Amen. Love you guys. Thanks for listening to me. Keep the fire of the